Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Andrea. And we are Embody. Embody. Yes. And we're here for module four. Yes. And module four of pure speech and every word matters. And we've been playing with all of our different language. And Andrea and I have been daily finding words that we have used, we have used in the past, we have we are using and what our clients are using and being able to recognize the power behind the words and where perhaps we are holding patterns in place. Yes, because remember last week I spoke in, we were speaking into, or last time we were speaking into trying and hoping, and I said, these are no longer in my words, but I'm hearing them through my sister and my mother. And so we're holding patterns, literally holding patterns in place. Yes, we'll have our, we'll have, we'll have our family show up with the words because we've put them to bed. They're yeah. done. And here they all come marching at us. And we're like, oh, if they're alive around you, they're still alive in you. And, and that's what we're remembering. And so, and if we see them around us again and again, what in us is bringing those words for us forward for us to hear and be with? Because if we get a charge about it, we get frustrated about it then the question is, are we frustrated with ourselves because we're now having the realization that, oops, there's more for me if this is showing up. And then often we'll get frustrated with, why are they, why are my whole family still talking like this? Like, why do they keep saying that to me? And who's really saying it? I am. <laughs> That's what we're remembering is that when it pops up again and again, we are saying it and we can believe they're saying it. However, we are one and it's even more prominent when it's your family, it's your DNA. They're just marching to your beat and the, the true vibration of what you're still, still believing in inside of you. And that's the, when we talk about energy, it's the vibration. And their words are the vibration. And so the vibration is energy and what's still beating in you, what's still alive in you. And that's when we see uh, people coming forward. And the newest thing that Andrea and I have noticed are the, the phrases of always and never. And we're... And what I have been remembering is that when we say something and we always, and we say it's always been this way and we always say it that way, it's always, I've always said this, we hold the pattern in place because anything that is always is locked in. Because do you, where, when we believe in change, we are not, we're, the word we're going to describe it with is going to be that the infinite energy of expansion and fluidity and movement and growth, but always is, I mean, as I'm speaking, if you could see me, my hand is straight. And then when I say always, it becomes a fist. I'm like, oh, I can feel the power of always just 
just locks it in like a big old rock in the middle of a stream where you're going around it or moving it <laughs> or attempting to move it. And it's that big, that big old rock is not moving out of the way. It stays in place. So we're remembering that anything that we have described, been with, shared, and used the phrase always, it's, it's holding the pattern. It's holding a pattern in place. Yes. And so we're actually speaking into what is known in pure speech as the domain of grandiosities and absolutes. And this is when we use words such as always, everyone, everything, totally, absolutely. And what holds this, what this, this pattern is, um, I'm aware that I used to say absolutely a lot. And one of the things that Carrie and I were just discussing a little bit earlier was the words are, may no longer be there, but the feeling of the word is still there. And because we're aware that our subconscious is masterful and powerful at keeping us where we, where, where it knows what, what it knows, whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable, thriving or in lack, that's what we know. And so we tend to, to do these, uh, use these vague words. And what I'm aware of is the pattern in and of itself is a, it's keeping things suppressed. Um, and recessed within us and primarily grief and sadness. And what we require doing is coming to a place where we can create shift in specificity. And we tend to stay out of being really specific about how we feel because and when we begin to get specific, we are actually touching our feelings. And so when somebody asks you a question, you say, well, I'm so pissed. And you say, at who? And they go, everyone. <laughs> it's like, wrong. Yeah. And is this, are you really pissed at the entire world? No, who are you pissed with? My family. And that's more specific, but how hard is it to say which person in your family, my mother, my father, my child, my son, which one? And what we're doing is we are going, we're going in layer by layer, creating specificity because when we speak in generalities, we we're not required to touch what we feel. And um, so what we're doing is we're keeping our emotions, um, which is no motion. We're keeping our feelings covered. And one of the things that you said was, um, I heard you say was, it's vague. It's yes. vague. And what we're, what we're remembering is that it, vague has no ownership and no energy 
for change. It's always been this way is, is where people shuck off. Oh, it's always been this way. It's always going to be that way. Everyone, everyone does it. Everyone does it. It's the popular thing. Oh, everyone does it. Oh, everyone. And people, and even I've, I've heard when people come into um, pure speech, sometimes they'll say, um, well, everyone, everyone says that. Oh, I, I recognize that everyone says that. I'm like, so where's the ownership for you and what you have been saying and what it has been creating? Because if we're going to believe in it's always been this way and everyone does it, it's where we are leaving our feeling world and not touching it. We're, we're being asked to touch. And when we give those big grandiosities and and everyone, everyone does it. We, it, there's, we were asked to show up on our experience and touch how we feel. And those are phrases that people will commonly fluff along so that they are not touching how they feel. And they, it just, it is for us to show up, touch, how we are feeling to be able to find the true pattern to trans transform it. And if you remember, since on a call, we had someone, I just remember we had an experience with someone who was um, saying the, the always, and it, it's very similar to if they would just do this, then I would be okay. If they would, and it, it's very much- Definitely codependent. It, codependent yes and she said oh my gosh I read the words that I was saying after she circled the list where we have a pattern sheet when we do um master classes we have a, where we will have people find their patterns and she circled it and she said this is a victim I put myself in that I'm a victim and you are saying you're a victim when you're saying oh, it's always been this way it's you're a vi you're believing you're a victim of your circumstances you're a victim of everything else that has gone on and you're just in there and you're there's you, there's nothing you can do about it that's what it says i surrender to i'm a victim to my circumstances and what i'm hearing or what's coming I'm, i have an awareness is when we say everyone is the collective meaning every all persons on the planet of the belief that we have victimization or that we have that life is happening to us is there are those of us who are awake and those who are waking up consciousness and what we're aware of is the belief is the limiting pattern and if the pattern is everyone says this this is what the planet <laughs> has come to believe as doable and possible and is doable and possible playing with your great self or your little self. Oh, your little self. And what I'm aware of, and I remember, and I was doing a coaching with Faith and my, she, I was asked if, where was this person who is um, one of my clients and 
why is she not here? And my response was, well, she had to go to work. She chose to work. My, my words were she chose to work instead. And we're aware that anything on the outer is us. And what, what came through was our beliefs are, and our patterns are so believed in is what I, the words I can find is that every person's excuses even make sense to us that we believe in the response and it's believe it's that much of a core of belief in the limiting pattern that the things that matter most to us can be easily dismissed by Somebody had to go to work. They don't show up. Because my pattern is they don't show up. Waiting for my father at the sliding glass door to show up, to take me and do things and play with me. I'm waiting for my mother to play with me. And so my yes, my pattern, my belief has been people don't show up. And and I imagine people never show up. So what you said to me blinked out for a second. I didn't hear something. The word you said before show up. So will you repeat what you said to me? People never show up. Yes. People never show up. And, and what we're remembering also is we may find a pattern awesome that if we continue to speak into it as people never show up, then we'll be holding the, the, the never holds it in place. So how will anybody show up? And that's, that's what we're remembering is like you said, waking up on the planet that we have a choice of something different that we could step in and choose when we're all just, when we find that the collective is believing that, for example, that people never show up and that, is holding in my experience with the word never. And I had always and never, I had both of them. If, if um, Andrea and I play in enlightened iridology, which is reading your eye and being able to find patterns, your patterns in your eye. And we can, and we can recognize what's in our lineage. And what was in my eye is a vow, which is a, a dot that, where we've had always or never or everyone or everything or absolutely in place to hold the pattern. And it was that it was over daily activities and that my father believed that this was always the grind of the daily activities and he didn't, he didn't enjoy it. And it was that daily life was a daily grind and loving your daily activities. And I was remembering and that's when we were saying I when my father spoke he my memory is more of a feeling like I I remember him saying it's always this way or it's never been this those were words that I was yet to hear my father speak in this in this experience and what I remember was I could feel that he would wake up in the here we go again and and he was yet to love his daily experiences and 
I even said it. So it was a vow on with my father. And then I, um, if it's in my eye, it means I agreed to it. And faith, I was having a conversation with my facilitator and I said, I do not like to fold clothes because my mother used to make me fold clothes. And she said, and can a God sovereign being be made to do anything? And I went, oh, no. And, and she said, okay, then can you love folding clothes? And I said, yes. And that was a daily activity. That was a daily experience. That was one of what would be what I remember with my parents believing folding clothes were a daily, daily grind, a daily activity that they were yet to, to love. And I went into my laundry room and I hung a sign that says loads of love. So that I was remembering that my laundry, the reason my clothes were requiring being washed is because they had been used. And that meant that we had been playing in them. We had been sweating in them. We had been being in them. And so my family had been experiencing life in our clothes. And so, wow, could I love folding clothes? Yes. When I can remember that I can and I can see each garment differently. And as I was folding their clothes this morning, and my children fold their own clothes. And I was doing a load that ended up with just a little sprinkle of everybody. I was laughing because each one of my kids does their own and, and two of my boys um, are in college. And so I only have my one son here. And yet there was this collaboration of clothes like this. And I was like, okay, I'll just I'll wash them all, pull them out. And then I was like, look, there's like a, a little bit of, uh, my oldest son, a little bit of my middle, a little bit of my little, and then and then there's the the towels and everything from the pool, and what I was remembering, and this is what we're I'm I'm remembering that even though my children don't live at home, there's still a little of them that are always with me, and they're still always playing, and they're still always enjoying, and so it was this awesome memory as I folded that I had this little stack here that and, it, it, and it's how it's what we're going to jump into and if we're going to believe that we can't love the daily experiences and that they suck and it's just something we got to do we leave we leave the joy and the and the love behind and that's where I found the feeling of always having to do this and not in, in giving up choice. Yes. And so my energetic experience through life and my parents and my grandparents, which this, like, as I said earlier, this is really a new awareness is giving it my all doing 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 and we do and then the feeling of there's nothing left for me mm, that's a problem. and my my lineage is 
German. Um, my grandparents were farmers. Lots of poverty um, in early life um, on my mother's side. And then my mother's mother was the youngest of 12. And then my grandfather was one of, I believe, the youngest of six or eight. And so everything was hard. And I imagine because one of my patterns is I can't coming into my, I can, is that we can't do this because we're giving everything to everything else. We've got all of our energy went to farming and taking care of children and cooking and cleaning and mine transmuted in my lifetime into school and then work and what I'm aware this is all survival pattern and survival we remember you remember turns into thriving and when we talk about health and wealth having uh, the same energy and what I have done in my body is hold on to um, my own energy, which um, fat and, and metabolism are <laughs> so much I did not think over. Um, and so the storing of not enough energy to move and what it, how that represents for us. And so this pattern and of collapsing the compulsion to do, to be in order to live. And Carrie and I recently completed um, a call on uh, a masterclass on collapsing compulsion and have I come a long way? Yes. And uh, remembering it's okay for me to just be and be in bliss and harmony in being still is brand new and very different for me because I have remembered in the past, even as, as I moved from working in corporate America to being um, in in my coaching passion, staying in bed past five, five or five thirty in the morning while felt delicious, I had a lot of guilt. And so collapsing the compulsion of what we have to do, should do in order to giving everything our all, all the time is de- it's depleting and we're creating, um, who has a no, who has a yes for giving it your all. And so because everything I was doing all the time. With yes. a no. and, and I'm aware you say giving it your all, it, your all of what? All my energy. And thank you because we're speaking into specificity. Yes, and, because we can give it all our love. Yes, we can. Can I can? Did I shake my head? No. Yeah, yeah, I see. Oh, 
completely because new. Have you loved? I'm still shaking my head. Have you loved giving it all of your energy? No. I've felt nothing left for me. And if you're going to give your energy, will you be receiving it? No. And so there's where we find the words is because if we believe we've been giving it our all and you're talking about giving it all of your energy, you're giving instead of receiving. And so, and because you're saying there's nothing left for me. And if we're, if we use the words, I'm giving and giving and giving, are you giving to yourself? No. And, and we can give to ourselves. We remember that we can give and give and give and give for us. Yes. But if we have giving as an outer, like, giving it my all, giving it all of my energy and giving it, giving what is it? What is it? Giving work all of my energy? Was that what it was, Andrea? Yes. And work in others and on the outer. Yes, everything out. Yes, everything. No restoration. And so what I would do is I would collapse essentially and just lay down and stay laid down and do my best to rest and restore. And it didn't work. Only because you would do it all over again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's the hamster wheel. So the, the, like you were speaking into the compulsion of, and then, and then do it all again. And what we're, what we're, what, you know, we're remembering is that we can love all of our experiences and all for you because the return of giving it all your giving a job all of your energy is are you now doing what inspires you yes and with the decree of i only do what inspires me i only do what inspires me because in what inspires you is that draining? No. And in what inspires you, is that on the outer or on the inner? Inner. Yes. And are you receiving your inspiration? Yes. And so we're remembering the return of our energy is receiving which has been so much on our radar lately. And we've been speaking into receiving all of our blessings and is, is your inspiration a blessing for you? Yes. Because energy out was less than much. Garden. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Yes. It's too scratchy. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're remembering, especially we've been speaking into our shoulders and speaking into the return of our blessings and allowing ourselves to receive. And I only do what inspires me. And when we do what inspires us, it's, it's easy. It feels so easy. And when we love our experience, 
we take the charge out of it so that we can understand why it is happening, what is the true meaning behind it, and what awaits us. Meaning, what can we transform this into so that it is easy? Because we can have jobs that inspire us and that are really easy. We can have doctors and nurses that experience complete ease in everything they do. We can have teachers that experience complete ease in teaching and showing up for students daily and showing up for themselves. It's all gonna be that we remember in us what inspires us and we only do what inspires us. And that's the, the ease and the creation and being able to have, because if I've, I've actually, I have had an experience with many teachers because we require teachers on our planet to teach our children, to teach, I mean, we're teachers. And, and so we require teachers on our planet. And I've had many teachers that I've coached that have said, oh, well, you know, it's, the system is this way. It's always been this way. And this is what we got to do. I'm like, wow. Where's the expansiveness in that and the allow, allowing of, of change in describing our education system as that it's always been this way and this is how it's going to be? Or is it for each teacher to show up fully inspired in themselves and it's through the energy of inspiration and ease and living their heart's desire that our children feel that as they feel the energy of inspiration and showing up for themselves as they enter a classroom. And then we raise our principals and administrators because the energy of each classroom is vibrating at such a high level of inspiration and being able to live their heart's desire in feeling the energy of showing up for that, I imagine your attendance would be off the chain. I mean, the kids would be just coming and coming and showing up and showing up and their parents would feel to show up and show up. And it's, when we talk about a ripple effect, it's energy. When you talk about quantum physics, it's energy. It's what you are attracting through the energy and what you're feeling. And if you're showing up on this is rigor and this is hard and I got to give it all my energy, which is a translation of I have to drain myself. I have to be fully drained so that I can collapse and then I'll restore and reboot. If we enter anything with the energy of a belief that it's going to take us all the way down and then we have to rebuild to serve again, we're out of alignment. Because I, I there when we're talking about our great self, that's our divine connected self. And where does the divine believe that we are to fully be drained and collapsed in order to restore and be able to show up and do our job again? Nowhere. No. And yet I remember, I remember reading that in, in the Bible, it says that Jesus took his disciples and that they went on a retreat and that he scheduled time for them to retreat and for them to rebuild and for them to 
spend more time together in community with the disciples so that they can come back into the world and, and be with everybody. I, the feeling is, it was a feeling of gathering together and learning, just like we go on retreats and we, we learn something new about ourselves and we dive deep into ourselves. And it was a dive deep into themselves. It wasn't let's get redone and restored again. And what I remember in the story is that they went to go retreat. And when they did, all the people followed them. And then they only had a few fish to feed everybody. And then everybody, they said, the disciples said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Look, Jesus, we got these little bitty amount of fish. And how are we going to feed all these people that followed us to our retreat to be with us? And he said, we are all fed. And it multiplied and everybody ate and everybody fully was fed. This massive group of people that showed up and followed them to the retreat. He didn't say, go back. We're depleted. We got to take a rest. We'll be back to you in a minute. I mean, it was a, a full belief that as they stepped over into that retreat, the energy of what they were bringing brought people and they showed up and they multiplied it. They multiplied the energy of everyone being fed. And so it's a remembering of, wow, that we can multiply when we stay inside of us and we live our inspiration and we only do what inspires us. We will be multiplying the energy of that and everything will show up. And doesn't require being drained. No, that it's been, it's a belief that's been going on on the planet for some time. When people go on vacation, they're like, oh, I, it took me three days to finally relax into my vacation. And so what we're playing with in this is that we have these oversweeping uh, thoughts and beliefs in the way things are. And um, it's something that's been handed to us down through lineage. And in order for us to shift or move it in any way requires that we get specific with what it is, exactly what Carrie said. And was it work, Andrea? Yes. And what were you doing? I was giving it all my, I was giving work all my energy. And so when we, touch what we have been doing or saying with more specificity, now I can make a new choice. And my new choice is I, <clears throat> my will kind of, I turn my will on. My energy is for me. I do what I choose. I love what I do and I do what I love. And it so I may nothing may shift or change and I still do a lot of things but the energy from which I do these things now is what changes just in the story with the disciples following they were going to restore themselves and with faith 
we can have, we are, we can be aware that even though there's a bazillion things around us, we can be restored simply with our words and our belief that we have, that we are fed. Because what all of that turned into for me is I am fully supplied. And so when we start to get exacting with where we are and as we say, when you can name a thing, we have power over the thing. And the realization for me that's new just in our discussion today is sometimes it's yet to be our words and it is still our feelings and finding that it's going to show up for us in all ways, A-L-L, <laughs> W-A-S. So it's ever expanding, ever teaching um, beautiful world that we live in. And so when we move from vague to specific, we get to have our choices in a completely new and different way. What we've been saying is I desire peace. <laughs> I choose peace. I choose peace on the planet. And we, what is peace? What does it look like to you? And who are you with? And what are you doing? now that you have peace and I I have often heard there's a 12-foot angel standing at the front door taking your order what are you going to ask for yes we order our salads with more (laughs) detail and we yes and and it's even things is having more faith in the car starting sometimes it's yes and what I heard you say is you you said that your return was being fully supplied. And I would ask you because you cancel what you said when we were speaking into I gave it my all and I gave work all of my energy in the return. And are you are you here to raise being fed by your inspiration yes in your family yes yes because has has your family had it that you know you had to give work your all to be able to be fully supplied yes yeah and and, and to be fully supplied is to be fully fed and we, we recognize that many of us have had, like Andrea and I have had discussions about having our lineage on the farm and believing that they, they work all day and sunburned and we're from Texas. So in the, the heat of 105 and, and through the times of in massive corsets and all kinds of Getty up gear outside, just, you know, pulling it um, all the, doing all the farming and doing it until they almost collapse and just coming inside and then the women cooking until they, you know, I've got to create all this, you know, now I've got to get everything done until they collapse in bed only to begin again. And with a belief of this is how you do it, like that our options were limited and the 
what we're waking up to is our lineage has been asleep to choices. They've been asleep to there's another way that there's all ways, like you said, A-L-L ways that there's ever expansive opportunities and ways and remembering that the divine allows allows options when we are allowing and open to them when are we when we are stepping in to i have i have my choices and i willingly receive all of my choices and being able to see it completely differently because we have a lineage that's believed that hard work pays off. Collab- yeah. Collapsing is the only way to do it. I mean, how many posters and stuff do you see that um, that feed the energy of you've got to put in massive hard grind to get it done? Yes, and I just um, it just occurred to me. So we've talked about this pattern in and of itself, and that it's a suppression a suppression of grief and sadness. Mm-hmm. And typically, when I hear these words, grief and sadness, I imagine loss in the form of love of some kind or other. And if we have been experiencing life is hard, it's hard work. We can't do anything. There, there's power over us. Have we been carrying these emotions as grief and sadness for yet to being able to fully engage in life? Yes. Yes. And yes. And what we know is underneath of sadness, when sadness comes up for us, what is happening is there's joy underneath of it. And it is pressing sadness up and out so if we suppress sadness then we'll be yet to experience joy and if we allow ourselves to have it and move through it we can move through it quickly and get to the other side and it's the joy of life it's the return yes. joy of life and instead of it's always been this way yes it's sad it's a grind this is what it is and then after i get through this then i'll get my joy no and then that's the hamster wheel. And then I'll start all over again. But we're remembering that if we will touch the sadness that our lineage has felt about dragging to work and getting it done. Literally and- dragging plows and animals and children and. Yes. Uh, you know, babies on hips, and backpacks on. And when we're feeling that we're dragging, and like you said, and that it's hard and it's always been this way when we when we begin to feel the the sadness of that of the the energy of dragging and depleting and sadness we remember that if we can touch the sadness and be able to recognize oh yes i've been sad about what what i've been doing in life And if we can allow that sadness to come in and be able to be, then we can recognize, here's my new choice. I, I can love life and I can remember the joy of life. Yes. And I can remember the joy of living. Yes. 
can remember my daily joy. I can remember my joy in all things. Yes, and when we come into that, it simply requires we come into the feeling of joy and that is how everything around us shifts, how we begin to choose jobs that inspire us, how we begin to recognize that perhaps there is joy in the job we currently have, but we've been feeding something else. We've been feeding the sadness. We've been feeding the grind that our families all believed in. And yet, as soon as we come into the other, we'll experience it differently. It's not necessarily that you jump in and just change jobs, because as you've spoken before, you can just change jobs, but you're going to take the feeling with you. Take it with you. you change jobs, change houses, change, change partners. Yes. And unless we serve the pattern, it's complete feeling feeling all we do is raise it and re and, and, and create it again in a new and different way in a new and different place and it may take a few weeks or a month or even years to show up again and it will yes we've, we've talked about in body language if we have surgery on something or replace something in our bodies and we are out of alignment with what we're walking into new and different it will show up somewhere else and it's gonna get bigger because what I've heard is it shows up 50 to a thousand times at least before it even begins to manifest in our bodies. And so awesome. Yes. And I just love remembering, I love remembering that underneath of a sadness is joy. I, I, I love remembering that that's the choice that we have. And I love remembering that when we choose joy, that it's simply the feeling. There's not a how-to book on how to have the job of your life or how to have this or how to have all that. All of our how-tos are out of a alignment. And, and actually they're they're believing in hard and this is the way and I've got to have the steps and then I'll do this and then I'll do that and then I'll get it. And yet when we come into the feeling of just empowering ourselves. So what Andrea and I do is we empower our clients by giving them the decrees that we've been just now saying of, I, I willingly choose joy and I give myself permission to remember the joy in life. And, I and when we say those over and over and over again, that is how we move from the pattern our lineage has had. And that's how we upgrade our lineage. And that's what we speak of when we start talking about how are you made new? You're made new because you become completely new when you transform all of the sadness that we've had around, it's hard, I've got to, it's always been this way, I've never had, and we begin to come into the joy of life. And I, I remember I remember doing, um, I walked the labyrinth, which if you've yet to experience a labyrinth, it's fabulous. It, yeah, I've walked a labyrinth and the whole time I said, I am my mother and father remembering I can love life again. 
I am my mother and father remembering I can love life again. And I said it over, if you imagine it, what it takes at least 30 minutes to walk a labyrinth. And you say that for that amount of time over and over and over again. Oh man, it was, I was new when I walked off. I was like, wow, this is a choice that I can embody. And this is how I do it. And I'm yet to know what it will look like or how, what will occur when I get home and when I start my life, I start my job and start being with my family. And yet I'm yet, it doesn't require me knowing those things. In the past, we've had a belief we have to know those things. And instead it just, it's the feeling. And when you feeling feeling that vibration and that energy, as we spoke of before, it's the same thing. It starts to move everything without us knowing what happened, which is the pure act of faith. And I, what I welcome, this is one of my tools is we say, do you remember joy? And we're like, no, I don't really remember joy. And the truth is, so what I, what I often will do is take myself to a memory of, as a child, when I remember being in fun or joy and laughing and just be with that, ex, with the experience of being a child and running through the sheets with sunshine on my face and the wind in my hair. And I can hear my grandmother and something coming from the house and you smelled chicken or whatever it may be, but we put ourselves back in that experience because our subconscious knows no difference between where we are exactly right now and where we were as a child. And so we do remember the feeling of happiness. We do remember the feelings of joy. And when we're in an experience where we are feeling grief and sadness, and we say, I can remember my joy. We go to this memory because we know exactly how it feels in our body. And we can say, I give this to me, this feeling of joy in me. I, re- I do remember my joy. I can allow my joy to expand and imagine it being and growing within you and replacing, removing, the, the grief and the sadness because this is this is what we're doing we're because we can't just we can't just we're not just pulling things out we're replacing them with the older true memories that we came into this plane this planet this life with and if all of the things if you'll play with the things you feel or the feelings that are most prevalent in your life. It's hard. Like love is evading me. My children or this, this is the, the things that we are here to do in this lifetime. We say your greatest weakness shall be your greatest strength. Let the weak man say, I am strong. This is what we are, this is our greater mission. This is what we're remembering is that if we've experienced a lot of 
grief and sadness, we are here to resurrect joy. If we've experienced a lot of love leaving, love lost, we are here to resurrect our permanent love in us. And these are, are, these are, this is our purpose in this life. Awesome. Okay, and as we conclude our call, our pure speech mini series, I love the word miniseries. And <laughs> miniseries in our world. So this is what miniseries now feel how they feel. And if you desire to learn more, we have our website of embodycommunity.com and you can find us on Facebook under Embody and then request to join Embody Community, our private group. And Andrea and I do privates as well you can email us at hello at embodycommunity.com and to inquire about more information about private sessions with either either one of us where we dive deeper into helping you find your individual patterns and where they are in your language or perhaps an eye reading or body language translation always that step us through our veil and allow us to transform our lives and we have retreats as well, where we take deep dives with individuals and our retreats are held uh, currently in Canyon Lake, Texas. And you will find more information on those as well. If you go to embodycommunity.com, you can join our mailing list and get more information. Or if you desire direct information, once again, email us. You can also do a private message on Facebook as another way. So there's many ways to play with us in our master classes, our retreats, our audios, and our individual calls and playing on our Facebook page. So we're here to play. We have many ways to play. <laughs> yes. So jump in and check it out. And we look forward to module five and seeing that, um, and then listening soon, it'll be coming soon. You'll hear it tomorrow <laughs> or whenever you're listening to the next audio because it's right here. Pick it up again. It's right here for you. Already Thank you. done. Thank Already you. Done. Bye. Bye.